here at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Hope all Illinoisans enjoyed this past weekend with the beautiful, beautiful weather. Probably like Saturday to Monday. It was nice. The sun was out. It was a nice like 65 to 70. Just beautiful, beautiful weather. And now, in my best Game of Thrones voice, winter is coming. Last two days have been cold, rainy, miserable. Typical Illinois weather. In November. Today being November 11th. It's late night though. It is going to be the 12th by the time this gets out. But Thursday, November 11th. It's cold. Got hoodies on. Jackets on. Winter hats. I call mine a, a beanie or a scully. Not a hat. That's too old school for me. I can't call it a hat. But anyway. Comfy. Warm. Not trying to be cold. The good thing is. Here at the desk. In the Edge of Your Seat podcast studio, we'll keep the heat on, we'll keep it warm, so we can deliver these shows, including this one, episode 208, with LaSalle Peru graduate, now playing basketball overseas, Christian Soderholm. This show is brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford, a community dealership that is here for you. Soderholm, LP graduate, Watched him play a lot of ball with the Cavaliers. Great, great basketball player. Then went on to play college ball. Now he's overseas playing on an island called Malta, which is between Italy and Africa. So he's got the overseas thing going on and he's enjoying life. We spoke to him before he left. He left September 15th and played some preseason games and is now two games in the season. We have chatted back and forth on Facebook Messenger. We're going to have him on throughout the season. Try to make this like a podcast series with an overseas basketball player. It's going to be awesome. Going to be cool. We'll talk about all kinds of things. Food, life-wise, basketball-wise, the differences in cultures, all kinds of things, and how he is enjoying his time over there. In the two games he has played so far, professional basketball in Malta, he is averaging 24 points and 16 rebounds. Those are pretty stellar averages. I know it's only two games, got a lot of games left to go, but that's one great way to start a season. His next game is this Sunday, November 14th, and you can watch on the Malta Basketball Association YouTube page. So they do video the games and you can watch Christian Soderholm play from Illinois, from anywhere in the States, from anywhere that you have access to YouTube. Really happy for him. He's a great ball player, probably a greater kid, always been respectful, really cool to talk to, and loves his basketball. And now he's getting to play overseas professionally. Really, really happy for him. We're going to have him back as much as we can. Also on the show, we're going to have a little sneak peek into Princeton's quarterfinal football game as Princeton, the number two seed, is going up against number six, Immaculate Conception out of Elmhurst. I will be at that game on Saturday, one o'clock, to broadcast it for WAJK FM 99.3 with my buddy Jeremy Aiken. That guy is the GOAT, and I like to think we're the A-team. I don't know if we're the A-team, but we're really, really, really good We feed off of each other. He's so awesome. Sets me up nicely. 
and I come in with the colorful color and it is a great, great time. So we have Ryan Pearson, the Princeton coach for the pregame interview for the playoff game, the quarterfinal. Quarterfinals already, man, this football season flew by. But if they win, Princeton is in the IHSA Class 3A state tournament. The semifinals, then the championship. So they would be in the final four if they can knock off Immaculate Conception. You already know I hope they do. No offense to Elmhurst, but I want to see Princeton go as far as they can. They've had a good team the last couple years. Should have been state champs last year. No season because of COVID. Year before, they barely lose to Byron in a very, very tough game. Crazy awesome thing is, if they win and Byron win, because Byron's at the top of the 3A bracket that Princeton's in, they're going to meet in the Final Four to see who plays for a state championship. If that game happens, I am going to be super pumped and I am watching by any means necessary. That will be a great, great, great game. Byron's a fantastic team, undefeated. Princeton, a fantastic team, only one loss. That's to Kiwani. That will be a powerful, dynamic, amazing football game, especially in the playoffs, and that's when you like to see them. Let's hit you with some plugs real quick. Haven't done this in a little bit. I'm your host, Brandon LaChance. This is Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Like I said, episode 208. You can listen to this podcast and every other single episode on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and rss.com backslash podcasts with an S backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Follow us on Facebook at Edge of Your Seat Podcast and Twitter at Edge of Your Seat P. We post all the episodes with a little rundown, with photos, keep it interesting. And of course, we have some other posts thrown in there as well. Give us a follow, reviews, all that good stuff. Appreciate the love all the time. Love that you listen. Love that you interact. Really, really appreciate it. Speaking of interacting, we got to interact with our advertisers, our sponsors, Shimmer Mendota Ford brings you this episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town, the staff of General Manager Ski Hartman and his associates Jason Hintz and Doug Safranik pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship, to get you every vehicle you want and cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Doug Safranik is from Mendota, Basketball Player of the Year in 2003, and is ready to use his knowledge of vehicles to connect with your wishes to get you the vehicle you're searching for. Jason Hintz has been with Shimmer Mendota Ford for six years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every single way possible. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Shimmer family, ski, Jason and Doug will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.mendotaford.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Shimmer Mendota Ford. Can't believe this is the 
one year anniversary that I bought a car from Shimmer Mendota Ford, my Chevy Malibu 2017. I love it. I love it. I love it. Probably never going to get rid of it. Well, I guess it's going to have its day and I'm going to have to replace it you know, sooner or later, but not for a very, very long time. It's an amazing car. It's beautiful. Every time I look at it, I smile. So thankful for Ski and his associates helping me get that car. And we're going to run it until it does not run anymore. That's how much I love it. Also, speaking of love, the postseason is coming fast and furious. Almost over for fall sports. Came. It's going. It's conquered. Really fun to watch. Pay attention to these football games that I'm broadcasting every week. They're so amazing. Every single week. Very, very happy to be doing it. So we got to keep it rolling as these fall postseason games, matches are winding down here. We only got a couple sports left. Actually, only one, and it's football. Because cross country ended this past Saturday with the state meet. And football is now entering the quarterfinals this weekend. So we're getting to the nitty gritty to the end. The cross-country meet for both the boys and girls, classes 1A through 3A, are at Detweiler Park in Peoria. Let's start with 3A. We always go 1A, 2A, then 3A. Let's go 3A, 2A, 1A. We'll do the boys 3A. The winning team was Sandberg with a 130. Our boys in the Kalb finished 23rd with a 542. The top three placers, St. Charles East Sr., Michael Wilson, 14 minutes, 11.18 seconds. Senior for Winteca Neutriner, Nick Falk, 14 minutes, 14.11 seconds for second. Coming in third was DeKalb Jr., Riley Newport, 14 minutes, 15.65 seconds. Congratulations to Riley, third place finish in 3A State. Yeesh, that means you can run four. Ever. There was not a representative from DeKalb in the girls' 3A state meet. The winning team was York with 62 points, and senior Josephine Whelan from Oakland Park River Forest won the race in 1626.35. Can't drive in these races, obviously, you got to use your feet. But if you could, Mike's Pro Shopping Sales would help you look amazing. Doing it means you'd be in style. Because we as humans are aliens. I know some of you are aliens. Trust me. Like to be clean at all times. Have to stay fresh. Smelling good. Looking good. Teeth shiny. Hair did. All the works. Well, your car is the same way. It can't be filthy. Fungus growing in the back seat. Six layers of dust on the dash. Coffee stains on the floorboard. Absolutely no way. Mike's Pro Shop and Sales located at 204 South Spalding Street in Spring Valley will give your car the scrub-a-rub-dub it needs and deserves. Mike's disinfects to prevent sickness or the start of another pandemic. Cleans. Get those tough spaces to reach all the dirt and grime. Cleans. Gets those tough spaces to reach where all the dirt and grime sits. Rustproofs so your vehicle stays hole-free and has no structural issues. Cares for fabric. Extremely important if you have kids spilling everything they touch. Mike's makes the splat of the long drop from the kid past the car seat to the fabric. 
disappeared. It is a full body shop and content to most automobile needs. And Mike's is now offering pickup and delivery services. Contact Mike's Pro Shop and Sales to schedule a pedicure, a manicure, and a freshening up of your vehicle at 815-663-2060 or via email at mikesproshop204 at gmail.com. In 2A for the boys, Fenwick, which is in Oak Park, won the team state meet with a 120. Sycamore was 14th with a 386, and Geneseo with a 575 was 26th. The winner was senior Alex Partlow from Carbondale. Shout out to Carbondale. I am an SIU grad. Every time I see Carbondale doing well, winning something, a little touches the heart a little bit. So congratulations to Alex. 14 minutes, 11.96 seconds. That is crazy fast and obviously deserve to win the state meet. Our local runners finishing in the top 100. Seven, sophomore Dale Johnson from Sterling. 15 minutes, 4.92 seconds. Morris senior Matt Clark with a 15 minute, 38.08 second run took 36th. 47th was Ethan Solfisberg. He's from Sycamore. 15, 47.84. Also from Sycamore, sophomore Nalif Al-Harbi was 64th with a 15 minute, 57.38 run. Morris's junior, Caden Welch was 91st, 16 minutes, 7.5 seconds. And junior Gavin Allison from Geneseo was 96th, 16 minutes, 10.89 seconds. For the girls, Grays Lake Central won it with a 148. Morris came in 26th with a 592. The winner was Ava Perith, a senior from Chicago Latin, 16 minutes, 23.88 seconds. The local finishers in the top 100, sophomore Emma Smith, she's from Dixon, a 17, 47.77. From Morris, another freshman, Danica Martin with an 1845.26 was 56th. Right behind her, right, right behind her with an 1845.28. That's 0.02 seconds. Crazy, right behind her was senior Lily Baker. She's from Sycamore, came in 57th. In the state meets, 236 runners. So to be in the top 100, the top 50, the top 20, obviously the top 10 and the winner, that is really, really impressive. These kids, nobody is slow. Nobody's faking it. Nobody's dogging it. Nobody's, it's state. They want to win. So to finish in these spots, very, very impressive. Congratulations to everybody that was able to do it. Right, before we get to 1A, let's talk some more weather. Nah, let's talk about things you can do in the weather. Well, eh, okay. It's getting cold. The pool shut down. The grill, eh, it might still be outside. Baseball, not really being played anymore. Unless you're crazy. I was probably still playing ball 12, 13, 14, 15 in November. Why not? It's not that cold. Huh. Well, so we say. 
But one thing that we can still definitely do all year round is make renovations on your home. We all have improvements we want to make. Whether it's inside on any floor in any room, stairs, tiling, in the bathroom, the bedroom, the front room, the kitchen. Right now you can still do some things outside. Work on the garage, work on a shed, build a garage or a shed. Might have to wait a little bit for the roof, but no worries. Name anything weather permitting, Olson Construction has the ability to make everything in your house suit you and your family. Olson Construction is a licensed and insured family owned and operated company that prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Not only do brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson have the skills to install, demolish, build, recreate, calculate, formulate, and percolate, time for the percolator, but they also had the experience of more than 10 years to take care of your home renovations from blueprint to completion with your thoughts, opinions, and wishes taken with every step of the journey. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction at 815-910-5982. Check out the Olson Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. Breaking down the 1A cross-country state meet this past Saturday, Detweiler Park in Peoria. Chicago Latin won the boys with a 165. Sandwich was 21st with a 459. Amboy with a 468 was 22nd. Hersher ran a 479 for 23rd. And Newman was 24th with a 551. The winner was Paxton Buckley Loda Sr., Ryder James, with a 14-minute 16.89 run. Local runners finishing in the top 100. Drew Rogers, senior from Hersher, won the regional, won the sectional, finishes second in the state with a 14-minute 29-second run. Wow. Definitely going to try to talk to Drew The dude has major, major, major endurance. Seven was Mason Stoger, senior from Fieldcrest, with a 1458.52. Brock Loftus, the senior from Amboy, was 26th with a 15-minute 36.83 run. Junior Wyatt Miller from Sandwich was 37th with a 15-minute 50.97 second run. Pontiac sophomore Aiden Lee with a 1552.82 was 41st. 20 spots behind him at 61st was sandwich sophomore Max Cryer with a 1611.62. Amboy took 82nd and 90th. Junior Kyler McNich was 82nd with a 1624.14. And Ian Eller, the senior, was 90th with a 16.25.17. The girls, Unity won it with a 126. They were the team champs. Seneca with a 538 was 23rd. Leanna Sorts, a senior from Aurora Rosary, won it with a 17.21.45. In one Wethersfield sophomore, Kennedy Anderson was 24th with a 18.29.31. Coming in 44th was Seneca freshman Evelyn O'Connor with an 1855.48.
Just behind her was Pontiac freshman Jaden Lucas with an 1858-83. Carolyn Ben, the junior from Indian Creek, was 51st with a 19-minute .16 second run. And Princeton junior Lexi Bombs finished 72nd with a 1915-89. Every time I look at the name of this company, I want to start singing, Sister, Sister. Yeah, I should never sing, right? Nah, I should not. But sister slinging codes and saving you loads. It's not easy to shop nowadays. Store shopping is non-existent, or it's a chore to get to a store. Online shopping is where it's at. But what sites do you go to? What sites are spam? Are you really going to get an item, or did you just donate money? Which sites have the best deals? Sister slinging codes and saving you loads makes the headache of shopping much easier and cheaper. The sisters, owners Tanya and Cassie Milas, find limited time deals or coupon codes and share them on their Facebook page, Sisters Slinging Codes and Saving You Loads. If there's something you're looking for, send them a message and they'll find it for you. They've already partnered with Amazon and plan to add many more partnerships for the best deals on all items. Through Amazon, Amazon Prime will be needed to purchase an item. But if you don't have it, no worries. The sisters will send you a link for a free 30-day trial period so you can get the items you can't live without. To get these, follow the Sister Slaying Codes and Saving You Loads Facebook page to save you money and easily find all the items you're looking for or even the items that just catch the eye. Any additional questions, send the sisters a message on Facebook or an email at tccsbusiness19 at gmail.com. The football postseason, this is the week of the quarterfinals. And we had a lot, lot, lot of playoff eligible teams. So through the first two rounds, saw a lot of them kind of, you know, end their season. It's been awesome, but it gets tough. There's only eight champs because there's eight classes in football. That's it. Somebody's got to lose. A lot of people got to lose, except eight. So, get as far as you can. Keep your head held high. And life will be good. I promise. We'll start with the the Illinois Eight-Man Football Association. It's got 16 teams right now, forming two divisions, the North and the South. Then they have a bracket, and we'll see who wins. Amboy was 5-4 on the regular season. Scored 311 points, allowing 221. Amboy Lamoille entered the tournament as the 10th seed, but have already upset two people and are trying to do the same as they are in the Elite Eight of the Illinois Eight-Man Football Association playoff. First, they beat number seven, Freeport Aquan. Then, they took out Milledgeville, who is number two. So now they will play number three Orangeville, who is nine and one on the season, at 1 p.m. on Saturday. Also in that tournament was Flanagan Cornell Woodland. They were seven and two on the season, scoring 326 points and allowing 195 points. Flanagan Cornell Woodland was number five going into the postseason, but lost in the first round in an upset to number 12 South Beloit, who was five and four coming into the playoff. The Three Rivers Conference Mississippi Division had a fantastic season, sending five of its seven members to the playoffs. Kiwani won the division 8-1, and 
overall, 5-1 and one in the division. Princeton also had an 8-1 record, 5-1 and one in the division, but Kiwani beat them for the tiebreaker. St. Bede was third, 7-2, and 4-2. and two. Newman was fourth, 6-3, and 4-2. Mendota was 5-4, 2-4. Burrow Valley, 3-6 overall, 1-5 in the Three Rivers Conference Mississippi Division, while Hall was 1-8 overall and 0-6 in the conference. Kiwani earned a number three spot in Class 4A tournament in the first round. They beat number 14, Plano, 17-14. However, in the second round, they lost to number 6, Chicago Phillips, 48-21. Princeton, number 2 seed in Class 3A tournament in the first round, knocked off number 15, North Boone, 47-14. In the second round, Princeton defeated number 7, Prairie Central, 40-0. I was at that game, called it on the radio. Princeton had two turnovers to start the game, an interception and then a fumble. But the defense held strong, didn't allow a single point. The Princeton offense started clicking. It was kind of over quickly. It kind of was. Once Princeton started going, it was over. So now, with that win, they move on to the quarterfinals against number 6, Maculate Conception, which is in Elmhurst. That will be 1 o'clock on Saturday. St. Bede was a number 5 in Class 1A. In the first round, they knocked off number 12, Chicago Hope, 30-19. However, the second round, they ended up losing to number 13, Ridgeview, 47-20. Newman was named the number 9 seed in Class 2A. They won the first round against number 8 Mercer County, 33-24, but then lost to the number 1, the top-seeded Wilmington squad, 42-47. Mendota having its first playoff berth since 2014, unfortunately lost to the Pecatonica Co-op, 44-0. The Big Northern Conference. Five teams made the playoffs. Genoa Kingston, Stillman Valley, North Boone, and Byron and Dixon. Byron, undefeated at 9-0 throughout the season, won the conference, were named the number one seed in the Class 3A tournament in the first round. A dynamic, powerful victory, 58-0 over number 16, Chicago Catalyst Maria. In the second round, the Tigers knocked off number 8, Lyle, 34-14. With that win, they enter the quarterfinals 2 p.m. Saturday against number 4, Reed Custer. Reed Custer is 10-1 on the year, and Morris is 11-0. Finishing fourth in the Big Northern was Dixon with a 6-3 record. Remember, the Big Northern Conference has nine teams, so each team will play each team once instead of having crossovers or non-conference games. Dixon claimed the number 11 seed in the 4A tournament, losing in the first round to number 6, Chicago Phillips, 50-26. Oregon missed the postseason with a 2-7 record, finished 8th in the Big Northern Conference. 
Illinois Central 8 Conference also had five teams going to the postseason. Wilmington, Reed Custer, who we previously mentioned, Cole City, Lyle, and Piatone. Cole City was number three in the conference with a 6-3 record, 5-2 overall. Went into the 4A bracket as the number nine seed, lost in the first round to number eight, Wheaton Academy, 36-3. Streeter was seventh in the Illinois Central 8, otherwise known as the Ice, 6-3 overall, 1-6 in the conference. Hersher was the eighth team with an 0-7 record overall, 2-7 in the conference. DeKalb had two wins as they finished 2-7, 0-6 in the DePage Valley Conference. The Barbs were able to score 184 points on the year, but dropped 245. After week three, DeKalb was actually 2-1. Their first game of the season defeated rival, monster rival, Sycamore in overtime 23-16. Then went on to beat Belleville West 45-6 in the third game. So they started off 2-3, and then just could not get it together after that. Fieldcrest, in the heart of Illinois Conference, the large division, finished the season without a win at 0-9. They scored 92 points, but unfortunately gave up 411. Always like for our cars to be kept clean. Gotta have them looking good. HC Detailing in Mendota does exactly that. They go way above and beyond to make sure your car is just the way you want it. At HC Detailing, they hand wash, they do full details, and they do window tinting. Seriously, they can really do it all. They'll make your car look like a million bucks. The hours for HC Detailing are Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 5.30, and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. How do you get a hold of them? How do you let them know you're coming? You got a big job that you want done on your car? The number is 815-252-9518 for a cell phone. And then the business phone is 815-539-9575. The address for the shop is 1204 6th Avenue, Route 34 in Mendota, Illinois. If you have anything you want done to your car, you can get it there. Cause not only do they do the auto body stuff, the detailing, but kind of doubles as Mendota muffler and brakes, suspension, brakes, tires, anything in that nature, Mendota muffler and brakes can hook it up. The Western Big Six Conference, three teams made it to the state tournament in Moline, Sterling, and Rock Island. Moline went undefeated to take the conference, but Sterling was right behind them as they finished second in the conference, 7-2 overall, 6-1 in the conference. Earning the number four bid in the Class 5A tournament, Sterling lost in the first round to number 13, Chicago St. Patrick, 44-14. In the Lincoln Trail Conference, Anawan Weathersfield finished 5-4 overall, 4-4 in the conference. They went into it number 16 and lost the first round 14-8 to Abingdon Avon. The funny thing is, the number one seeded Abington Avon team in the second round defeated Iroquois West 
55 to 30. So Anawan Weathersfield holds him to 14 and only loses by six, one touchdown. But Iroquois West in the second round, destroyed. Interstate 8, the white division. Four teams made it to the playoffs, including Morris, Sycamore, Caneland, and LaSalle, Peru. Morris went undefeated at 9-0, 6-0 in the conference. That earned them the number two seed in Class 5A in the first round. Defeated LaSalle, Peru 42-0. LaSalle, Peru, the 15th seed, just played them two weeks before that in week eight of the season. I was at that game broadcasting as always. And you already knew then that Morris was a little different and a little too much for LaSalle, Peru. In the second round, Morris lost to number seven, Morton, 28-24. Man, so close, so far away. Sycamore, second in the conference. And number nine in 5A took the first round game against number eight, Evergreen Park, 48-21. Then against the number one, the top seed Glenbard South, shut them out 34-0. Sycamore advancing toward the quarterfinals. 2 p.m. on Saturday, it's in Sycamore against number 13, Chicago St. Patrick. LaSalle Peru took the loss to Morris, but still a good season for the Cavaliers. They made the playoffs in the last two full seasons and in the shortened Spring COVID-19 season, LP went 5-0 to stay undefeated. So, LP doing a lot of big things for the school, for the athletics. Ottawa was 6th in the Interstate 8 white division with a 2-7 overall record and 1-5 in the conference. Also, Marquette, not in the conference, placed in the independent schools, was 8-1 on the season, scored 401 points while only allowing 174. In the first round, Marquette defeated Princeville, the number 15 seed, 32-7 in the 1A bracket. Then went on to lose to number 7 Fulton, 55-14. In Interstate 8 Conference, the Blue Division saw four teams go to the state tournament in Richmond Burton, Rochelle, Marengo, and Plano. Rochelle finished second with a 7-2 overall record, 5-1 in the conference. In the first round, Rochelle defeated Chicago Payton, the number 12 seed, 36-3. In the second round, Chicago St. Patrick defeated another local team, taking out Rochelle 21-14. Plano was the fourth team in the conference with a 6-3 overall record, 3-3 in the conference. Given the number 14 spot, they linked up against Kiwani. Kiwani beat them 17-14. Sandwich, with three forfeit losses because of COVID-19 and the health of players, Sandwich went 0-9 and 0-6 in the conference. For the Vermilion Valley North, three teams made it into the state tournament with Montmentz. Iroquois West, and Clifton Central. Seneca finished fourth, and Dwight finished fifth. Seneca was four and five, two and two in the conference, scoring 286 points while giving up 200. For Dwight, 
The Trojans were 1-8 and eight and 1-4 and four in the conference. That gets us up to date with the high school football postseason. Still remaining. Still, we're going to be paying attention to Princeton in the Class 3A bracket. Sycamore in Class 5A. Byron in Class 3A. And Amboy in the Illinois 8-Man Football Association Tournament. So four teams that could be playing just a little bit longer. They're at least playing one more week. I'm excited. Can't wait to be at the game. We'll call it. Don't forget to follow us if you can. WAJK FM 99.3. Well, that's all the high school stuff we wanted to talk about. We are almost to Christian Soderholm. Just a few things we want to break down. You know, we got to talk Chicago sports when we can. We got a few seconds before we get to Soderholm, so let's do it. The Bears are on a bye this week, and they need it. They definitely need it. They're three and six, third in the NFC North. Last week, a tough, tough 29 to 27 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. However, they just failed. Offense couldn't get stuff done, and the defense, all they had to do was stop them. Just stop Pittsburgh, and you win. They had the lead with like two minutes left in the fourth quarter. But they probably got their 15th, 16th, and 17th foul. At least that's how it seemed how many they had. I believe it was like 13 or 14 fouls and over 100 yards. So in penalty yards, the Bears gave Pittsburgh more than a field. Gave them a whole field of yardage. That is terrible. Terrible. I'm glad to see what Justin Fields is doing. I feel he's improving as a quarterback. You're seeing glimpses of the throws he can make, his accuracy, his speed, his game time decisions. They're getting better. They're sharpening. This is what he needed to do as a rookie. I know we're Chicago fans. We're going to put the world on his back, but he's also performing to a certain level. You need the whole team to perform for him to be amazing, but right now he's doing as much as he can. And like I said, that defense has fallen apart in the second half of games for the last like three or four weeks. Not having Akeem Hicks or Khalil Mack are definitely going to hurt, but it shouldn't make you look like you're a junior varsity defense. It just really, really shouldn't. In the NFC North at 3-6, and six, the Bears can pretty much kiss that title goodbye. The Packers have a commanding lead at 7-2. and two. This is a weird NFL season. There's no dominant teams. If there's one, it's got to be the Los Angeles Rams, especially after getting Von Miller from Denver in a trade and then in free agency sign Odell Beckham Jr. Huh. So just leveling their team with great players, maybe a little past their prime, but still know how to play the game and can still athletically get it done. I'm really, really interested to see this Rams team. The Chicago Bulls have been tearing it up. They are 8-3, second in the Eastern Conference, sitting behind Washington, who is 8-3. Nets are in third at 8-4. Interesting about the conference right now, the Milwaukee Bucks, defending NBA champs, sit in ninth, and the Cavaliers are in fifth, which they are awful every single year. Never have a good team as soon as LeBron James is not there. But they're in fifth right now. Very, very early on. They're not going to stay there, I don't ponder. On Wednesday, they defeated the Mavericks 117-107 and knocked off the Nets on Monday 118-95. Those coming after two losses to the Philadelphia 76ers. 
The Sixers, I will never understand. I like Embiid, but I don't think he's the career guy that you want to build a team around. He's just not. He's hurt all the time. He's slow. He can't really shoot outside of the paint. Just not that guy that I would put my team around. If he's the second or third option, he is fantastic. But he can't be the best player on a team and expect that team to get very far in the playoffs, in my point of view. And the Blackhawks, amidst this scandal with sexual assault. Ugh, man, 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 man. But Chicago's 3-9 in the Western Conference Central Division. And only one team is worse, and that's the Coyotes at 1-11. So, the Blackhawks, the worst team that we've seen in a while. It's all right. It happens. It happens. It happens. I just hate the way that we're seeing it happen with this lawsuit from Kyle Beach. Was a player with Chicago. Was on the 2010 Stanley Cup team. But he filed a lawsuit in May on former video coach Brad Aldrich. Saying that he sexual assaulted him. And another player. Well, now they have video proof. I've not seen the video. I don't know what it is. But it is getting pretty crazy. $2 million fine from the NHL. They fire coach Jeremy Colton. Derek King comes in as an interim coach. Just a lot of crazy. I feel for him if that happened and he had to say something, should have done it right away. Get these guys out of here. Let's make the league's professional sports as safe and awesome as possible. But I know me, I will still always love my Chicago Blackhawks. And hope they can bounce back and get the bad seeds out of there while they have to. No reason for that type of stuff in professional sports. And definitely not on the Blackhawks organization. That is it for the intro. We're going to kick it to Christian Soderholm. Great kid. Great basketball player. Playing overseas professionally. And he is tearing it up. Crazy averages of 24 points and 16 rebounds per game after two games. No, he's got the skill. He's going to keep continuing his role, his journey, and keep crashing out those buckets and doing his thing on the basketball court. So with that said, let's get to Soderholm. Until next time, peace. Who we got on today, our guest, is going to be playing basketball real soon, within a month or so. But overseas, not even in America. I'm talking about LaSalle Peru alum, 2016 graduate, Christian Soderholm. How's it going, my man? I'm doing well, Brandon. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm really pumped up for you. I hope you know that. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Seems like a lot of people are, and that's, uh, you know, it's, I love getting that feedback. I love hearing that people are excited for me just as much as I'm excited for myself, you know? Definitely. So you're going to... Malta, a country in Africa. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's an island just north of Africa. It's actually considered Europe, but yeah, it's just between like Sicily and uh, northern Africa there. Okay, thank you for the geography lesson. I had no idea where it was at. <laughs> That's all right. How did this come about? Um, it's kind of a, quite the unique process for me, so... We'll go back, I guess, I don't know, about a couple years. So my senior uh, season in college was 2019-2020, right after Christmas break, you know, second half of the season, 
January of 2020. Um, got a few games in our, in our belt coming back, and then I uh, actually dislocated my left ankle uh, in practice. So that put me on the shelf for the rest of the season, and then for a while there, you know, started rehab and everything that year, and then it wasn't until October that same year I ended up having to have surgery on it. And then so that kind of was a few months uh, leading into 2021, you know, getting back healthy, uh, finally get healthy again. So I just, you know, started exploring uh, routes on how to make that happen. I didn't have any recent film from the past season because obviously during the process me, you know, having surgery and everything, there was a whole other college season that happened after that. You know, there's never a great time to have an injury. But with, you know, COVID happening and a lot of seasons being weird and even overseas, especially a lot of leagues just completely canceled their seasons. There was a lot of dudes that didn't have, you know, a year of playing. Um, so I was in the same boat as a lot of guys. That weird year off kind of benefited me. It just gave me time to rehab, recover, uh, get my strength back and just get back ready onto the court this spring i went to a few uh in college i guess you call them showcases there i guess you could call them that there's a group called Eurobasket. they're kind of the biggest source for you know overseas and uh europe basketball and stuff so they put on a few showcases i went to one in atlanta played really well thought i could have played better and so i went to the one they had in indianapolis as well played well again that was more or less to kind of get my name out there a little more recent. It had been a year, like I mentioned, and uh, it just gave me some more recent film, too. So that really helped. Got great feedback from the guys involved with that. One of the guys who was actually my coach for a few games throughout the, those games in the showcase, he, um, he actually used to coach under Nick Nurse over in Europe. Um, so Nick Nurse was, you know, coach of the year a few years back for the NBA for uh, for the Toronto Raptors. So that was cool, kind of getting his insight, you know, just shooting the shit with him and just kind of getting, you know, what it was like to be under that and all that. So he's been through it. He was the biggest proponent in me and, you know, just giving me great feedback and, you know, my game and everything. Obviously, he saw it, you know, he was coaching me. He saw it hands-on. And so from that point, started looking for an agent to sign with. Um, a little different in my situation than, you know, what people are probably more uh, used to. You know, it wasn't really a, a bunch of agents jumping at me. It was me kind of having to go seek out agents. You know, you got high-profile guys, you know, out of college, whatever. And you always got agents jumping at them. I did have a few, like, reaching out to me, being like, hey, we're interested in you. And there was one guy I got recommended by a few people. And so I ended up signing with his partner agent out of Australia. So that was uh, kind of unique at first, figuring out, you know, the, the time difference, time of the days we can talk to each other and whatnot. So I signed with him right at the beginning of June. And it was literally two days after that, he texted me. He said, uh, this might be an opportunity for you. And he, he presented the, you know, the team I just signed with. I did my research, and I was like, this would be cool. I mean, Malta's gorgeous. It literally doesn't drop below 60 around there. And, you know, I'll be gone September to April. So I was like, um, missing winter in Illinois? Yeah, count me in. Um, <laughs> I've kind of just been sitting on that for a while. 
Um, he's like, all right, like um, this team's interested in you. Um, it'll just kind of be a waiting game now. So obviously we're just now talking, and it's been you know a few months since then. It's been a process. It's been a process of just being patient, kind of. You know, that kind of stuff, the reason why I signed with an agent is just stuff out of my control. You know, the only thing I can control with is just, you know, staying ready, staying on the court, staying in the gym. We've just been grinding, preparing for for this, wanting this to happen. And so I knew a few weeks after that, in the beginning of June, that I'd have to be uh, waiting. Cause, so that team... Leagues, um, just depending on the league in the country, some leagues get two American players, some get one. Um, in my league, you get two American imports. The reason they have those restrictions, you know, is just so Americans aren't just flooding the overseas market, you know. They didn't, they're just, every team would just be, you know, majority Americans, and they, they don't want that. The other American on my team, I actually knew. I played against him in college. He was in my conference, ironically enough. He had played for this club last season, but they only played three games. And then, like I mentioned, you know, a lot of teams' season got canceled. Their league's season got canceled. So he was kind of exploring, see if he can go somewhere else. And he hadn't told the beginning of July for that. Didn't find any better options, so he came back and... Waiting after that, waiting for the contracts to be sent. They're dealing with, you know, COVID stuff. And I'm like, man, I was kind of getting worried, but, like, kept getting reassured with my agent. He's like, hey, no, we're good, we're good. Um, had interest from a few teams in Germany, and they, they're kind of using that as leverage to speed up the process for the club in Malta. Literally, I texted my agent. And then, you know, while I'm like, I'm like, hey, should I be worried about, like, this falling through? His next text back to me was a PDF of my contract. And he's like, no, you're all right. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. All right, cool. That had to be reassuring. Oh, my gosh. It was, like, obviously I was excited. So I'm like, all right, it's finally happening. I can ink this. But it was, like, such a, re- like, relief, you know. I was like, all right. Like, we can, we can take, uh, we can exhale here, you know. The whole process, you know. Even before signing with my agent and everything, it was that was overwhelming in itself. Just kind of figuring out, like, am I making the right decision? Do I want to sign here? Do I want to sign here? Who am I gonna, you know, click with the most? And you know, who's gonna have my best interest in mind? You know, I want to keep playing as long as I can. And this uh, this first year, it'll just kind of be a springboard. And, you know, it's on me putting up good numbers, putting myself in a you know a position to get my next contract because really the first three years and even a lot of times beyond that for overseas play it's the contracts are just year to year and especially with you know a rookie like me just weird to for myself as a rookie and not, I'm used to being like oh I'm a freshman I'm a, I'm a rookie you know it's just getting your start getting your start somewhere and then just working your way up proving yourself throughout leagues um so I'm excited to just get my start, get get going, start making a name. Definitely. Sounds awesome. Uh, let's do some name jobs real quick. What is the name of your agent? Reese Hamwriting. That's his name. Okay. Uh, live in Melbourne, Australia. My uh, my sophomore year, my roommate was from Australia, so I was, I was familiar with uh, the area. My mom 
had traveled and lived in Australia for a few months um, a while back. So I'm familiar, familiar with the lingo and everything too. It was, it can be uh, a bit aggressive at times, you know, like using words very loosely that we don't use over here. Hmm. Some profanity, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was comfortable. I, you know, hopped on a, you know, Zoom call with him a couple times. You know, he seemed like a great dude. Was saying great things. You know, had obviously my best interests in mind, and uh, seemed like a dude I can just you know text and be like be guys with. So it was it's cool. It's been fun talking with him, and it's I don't even really think of him as my agent. It's just like you know this is he's like one of my dudes now, <laughs> which is really cool. What is the name of the other American on your team in Malta that you played against in conference in college? Mason Viers goes by Mace. So Mace Viers, he um, he's from the Detroit area. He played at Culver, Culver Stockton in Canton, Missouri, I believe. He was a year older than me, so when I was a junior, he was a senior. We played twice that year. We split, so none of us has have too much bragging rights over the, the other. One game, he had a significantly better game than I did, and then the other game, I had a significantly better game than he did, so... Not too much to you know brag about, I guess, in that aspect. But I'm I'm looking forward to playing with him. He's a. It's not like he's like a you know guard, point guard, shooting guard, one two. So it's not like we'll be competing with him for a, you know my job or anything. We'll, we'll be opposite of each other. Compliments. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. He's a he's a really hardworking dude. My agent's partner agent. He signed with him. They've worked together throughout the whole process to, you know, get our deals done in a timely manner, even though it felt like forever. But, yeah, it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. He'll actually be my roommate over there. You know, he'll be who I'm training with every day, whether it's, you know, just an open gym, whether we're in the weight room, whatever. We've been talking, and, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to get over there. I still got a month. I don't fly out till September 14th. But I mean, this is gonna—it's gonna come up way quicker than I—I I think it will. So I'm gonna enjoy my time back here. You know, people here, family, friends. But yeah, it's a—it's like uh, a hurry up and wait kind of thing, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. When did agent? Let's play overseas. When did it become a real idea of yours? I mean, you probably weren't thinking about it in high school, maybe in college, maybe during the injury, but when did it become a reality like, hey, maybe this is my next move? Yeah, it's actually uh, kind of a unique story. It was the summer before my junior year of college. Or no, summer before my senior year, rather, I think. Um, I was down in Florida vacationing with my family at right Cocoa Beach. Yeah, I went down there. We were down there for a week. I was talking to my brother, Jens, as I know you know. I'm sure a lot of people know my older brother, Jens. You know, I'm packing my suitcase. I'm like, should I bring my basketball shoes? Like, am I going to train while I'm down there? He's like, no, nah, week off. You'll be fine. You know, it's, it's only May. You still got, you know, all summer to get training for, you know, next season. I'm like, all right, whatever. And, you know, I was two days into vacation. I'm like, I got to get on the court. <laughs> and so... Went to like a local Y there, and I was just I was just in like my Nike free runs, you know. I was having my dad rebound for me, and there was uh, there was only one other guy in the gym, you know, bigger dude. Just you could tell he was a ball player. He was there working out on the court, and you know, my dad started talking to him like, 
day, like you, you got any uh, like games you've been playing throughout the week or whatever. He's like, oh yeah, this like local prep high school on Sundays we usually play. Which ironically enough, when I was looking to transfer out of IV, went to a showcase in Orlando, and this prep high school he had talked about, I played at when I was on a visit at Florida Tech. This prep high school just cranks out. Like I remember the coach telling me at the time, he's like, yeah, right now we have a guy going to Kentucky, you know, going to Utah, going to UNLV. I'm like, holy crap. But didn't end up playing there, but just got to talking with this guy. His name was Michael Carey. He's about to go into his second season in France at the time. So he kind of just talking with him. I ended up working out with him every day that entire week. Just him and I just working on the court. There's a lot of things in those workouts I'll still carry over and use in my workouts today. He was great. Just running into him, just happenstance, just kind of, you know, informing me about the process, kind of putting it out there and like with working out with him the entire week. You know, after the first one, he was like, he's like, all right, uh, I'm going to be here again tomorrow. Like, let's work out this time. And I'm like, all right. Like, like he could tell I could play. And with working out with me, you know, it's like, he's like, dude, you have, you're, you're going to have a good senior season. But after you do, he's like, uh, you should be playing. Your career shouldn't stop after your senior year. And so that kind of gave me a little pep. And, man, I just I grinded that the rest of that summer. He gave me a lot of mo- motivation. He played D1 at uh, Wagner, I believe that's in New York. <laughs> that's kind of where I got my spark to wanting to keep playing. And then I obviously had a little uh, speed bump along the way. But, yeah, we're, we're finally making it happen. Fantastic. Every time I think of European ball, basketball outside of the States, anywhere, I always think of Love and Basketball, the movie, where the main girl and a person that she played with in college, they're, you know, they meet up, championship game. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. I can already in my head picture you sitting over there like, man, this is awesome. Why didn't I already do this a long time ago? Beautiful weather. I'm not in snow. It's probably going to be awesome living there, playing basketball. That's already what I'm picturing for you right now. Yeah, that would be great. I'm definitely looking forward to not not even having to think about packing pants or, I mean, I'm sure I'll, I'll throw a pair of some, some pants, but I'm like, I was looking at my closet, like what I want to bring, just kind of, you know, get an idea. I'm like, oh, I won't need that coat, I won't need that sweatshirt. I'm like, this is going to be so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Next thing. I mean, you don't have to give me money values if you don't want to, but was your contract favorable? For what level I was coming from, for having my year off, coming off an injury and everything, it was more than I thought I was going to be making, which is, you know, it, not saying it's anything crazy, but a lot of guys in my position are making a lot less. Um, so I got I got lucky in that aspect, especially being a rookie, you know, unless you're a guy who, you know, gets passed on in the NBA draft or, you know, something like that. You're not going to be making crazy money. you got to prove yourself overseas first. Um, so that's kind of the boat I'm in is maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but that third season, we'd love to be making some money we can brag about, I guess. <laughs> Definitely. So the real question at this point, can you make a living, live comfortably playing basketball? 
are do you have that opportunity right now? Um, I'm in a great position to do that. I can I can't be complacent and do that. These are my three things I'm going with. As long as I'm healthy, as long as I'm having fun, and as long as it logically makes sense, you know, financially, logistically, everything. For me to keep playing, I'm going to keep playing as long as I can. Perfect. Uh, Perfect. Oh, that's kind of what I'm going off of. Like I said, I've, I would love to make a career out of this. Sounds like you're taking the right step forward and where you're starting, especially if you can live, support yourself at least. I mean, when I got into journalism, I could hardly support myself off of, you know, newspaper salaries. So if you're able to play the game that you love, that you've been playing your entire life, and at least make a living, that's got to feel like a great, again, another relief and a great sign of, you know, pride that you're able to do that. Oh, 100%. And it's nice with, you know, the playing overseas like this clubs in most leagues um in my case it is the case um they'll you know they pay for your travel your your apartment your food so whatever you're bringing in it's you're not, you don't have a lot of expenses i guess is what i'm getting at which is which helps a lot you know um, it's not like you're you're making this much and then you got to spend this much to live where you're going and travel and do all this all that gets taken care of as well, which is super nice. That's awesome. And they got to throw in some gear, right? You guys sponsored by Nike or something? Yeah, I don't know what uh, what that will be like. But, yeah, I'm sure I'll get, you know, gear. I'll, I'm always picky about my shoes, so I, I hope they don't. Like, like in college, you know, we were sponsored by Under Armour. It's like, all right, I got to find an Under Armour shoe I like. And I'm, I've been a predominantly jordan shoe sometimes nike guy my my whole life it's like all right now here's under armor but yeah hopefully uh, i don't have to i don't get forced to wear a shoe i don't think i would i mean it's like any pro league anywhere you can you wear what's comfortable definitely definitely i haven't got the opportunity to talk much shoes on a podcast i'm a huge jordan guy and i actually just bought some uh Nike Air Force Ones this past weekend because I haven't worn ones in probably about 10 years. And I was like, you know what? I'm bringing them back. Let's go. (laughs) Ones are classics, obviously. Classics. What are your favorite Jordans? You got a couple that you like? I've never actually, like, gotten a, like, you know, a classic pair of Jordans. Ones I've thought about getting before the 11s. Okay. My favorite basketball shoe ever was the Jordan Superfly 2. Well, it wasn't really branded as such, but it was Blake Griffin's shoe, and that was, jeez, that was probably 2015. I wore that my junior year, and that was my favorite shoe ever. And then the following year, they came out with Superfly 3s, and I think we had that as our team shoe or something. I don't know. But those are my favorite shoes ever. I wear a pair of Jordans right now for my basketball shoes. The Jordan Jumpman 2020s. Waited a while to get those because they just, every time I would go on, they'd just they'd be sold out in my size. It's like, I, I wear a 13, and in, in basketball, 13 is such a hot suit, shoe size, and they go quick. So right now I'm sitting on, I, I ordered the new LeBrons, LeBron 18s. Didn't, didn't love them. Had one workout in them, didn't love them. We're going to try the, uh, the new Kyrie's, Kyrie 7s, I think. 
seven or eight. I don't know. Perfect. Not a huge shoe guy, but I, I appreciate it. I appreciate people that have, you know, nice shoes, especially Jordans. I mean, all my teammates, throughout college and everything, everyone's showing them off. I'm like, all right, all right. <laughs> you got to be part of that too. Like, no, mine are better. Yeah, are your um, your ones high or low? High. I always mix and match whether I do high high tops or low tops. But I got a three pair of Nike Air Maxes that I've been rotating that are all low tops. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna get some high tops. There you go. The highs. I I think the highs look look cleaner and obviously you know summer's wrapping up now you're gonna be wearing pants they look better with pants oh yeah no doubt totally agree totally agree you know what this might be the only shoe conversation i've ever had on the show i like it <laughs> hey, i'm glad we could tie this in <laughs> definitely definitely if there's a will there's a way my friend we can tie in everything yes sir Let's go back, uh, maybe not to the beginning, but like I said, graduated LaSalle, Peru in 2016. You spent one year with Illinois Valley Community College. After that, you went NAIA D1 to a school in, was it Missouri? Yes, sir. What was the name of the school again? I know it was a Catholic school, right? Yeah, Central Methodist University was the name. Gotcha. And then did you spend three years there? Yep, all three years there. Perfect. I don't think I've talked to you since you went to college in Missouri. How was that experience for you? It was fun. So my school was in just a little town of about, you know, three, 4,000, probably 80% athletes. So from that aspect, it was cool. A lot of people you can relate to, you know, everyone's got a busy schedule, practice, you know, everyone will be in the libraries, basically athletes that have to get their, their study hall hours and everything. So that was cool. But... Yeah, I enjoyed it. I didn't think I would end up there. Um, transferring out, I, I alluded to it earlier, but I went to that showcase in Orlando for the very reason. I was like, I want to get out of here. I was like so sad. I'm like, I want to find a school to go to in Florida. I mentioned I wanted to visit the Florida Tech. If it weren't for a kid from England, I would have went there. Um, so... By the time they found me, it was late May. You know, it's late, you know, recruiting season for college. And went on my visit and everything right at the end. The uh, coach there at Florida Tech, he's like, hey, here's the deal. We already verbally offered this our last scholarship to a dude from England. If he takes it, we can try to see what we can do. If he doesn't, it's yours. And he ended up accepting it. I'm like, ah, uh, you know, it was a private school wasn't cheap. First comes to shove, they just couldn't give me enough money to make it worth my while. My assistant coach was the one who was really recruiting me. Um, he saw me at a showcase in Indy and then again at Orlando. You know, he was texting me. There's a school in Kansas City that was recruiting me heavy too, so I just kind of made a Missouri trip to those schools, go and see them, and really hit it off with the coaches there. Um, loved the facility, and I was like, all right. Let's do it. Let's go to this, you know, podunk town in Missouri. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I made some really good friends, really enjoyed my time. And I, if I wanted to get a big school feel, we had Mizzou about, you know, 20 minutes, 25 minutes away. If I ever needed a little 
break out to a big school field. We could just shoot over there. And I had a bunch of my teammates, you know, from the area. So they show me the ropes, show me around and whatnot. So it was a lot of fun. I would recommend it. It was a fun conference to play in. Some of the road trips sucked, but, uh, yeah, it, it was such a competitive conference. As, as far as NAIA goes, you know, my coach would always say it. I don't know if he would say it because he's been coaching there for 30-plus years, but I, I would agree, you know, it's one of the toughest NAIA conferences in the country when it comes to basketball. What is the name of the conference? The Heart of America. Sounds fitting. Yeah, right? Right in the... So I was in, like, William Penn's conference. Most people around here know William Penn. So we had Missouri, Iowa, Kansas, and we had one team in Nebraska, which is funny. Proof State is the name of that college. So it was, it was funny when I would be getting announced, you know, the starting lineup. You know, they say your number, your name, and then your hometown. And I'd be at Proof, Nebraska, being announced from Peru, Illinois. So that was pretty funny. <laughs> that's that's ironic and funny all at the same time. That's great. I uh, know. My my dad made sure to get a he he made the trip out there for one game. Made sure to get a video of them saying that. So that was that was kind of a joke for a while. <laughs> Your dad, Eric Soderholm, friend of mine. I've talked to him quite a bit, especially as you and Jens. You mentioned Jens earlier. Was a player of the year for local paper around here when he played for LaSalle, Peru. Played college ball as well. So, just a basketball family. It's been fun growing up. You know, Jens was, still is to this day, was and still is my biggest role model. I don't think I would be the player I am without him. He, you know, he, he set the bar pretty high for me. You know, growing up, you know, he was three and a half years older than me. So, my freshman year in high school, he's a, you know, he's, the stud seniors, the stud guy in the area, everyone knows who he is. You know, putting up freaking 20 points a game, 23, whatever it was. His only thing now, he's like, man, I wish I could have played on your team, though. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that would have been a great Evan. You know, the Jens, me, Brady Hubie, Ryan Alano, Tubbs. I got a shout out to the other guys. Ryan McManus, Kobe Fuzzanetti, Jake Doyle, um, all of Tyler Town, our super fan. Because, you know, he was having to do a lot for them, which which, which was so cool for us and our team. You know, we, we didn't have anyone averaging 20 a game. You know, we had four guys averaging double figures, and that's just pretty unique. And we were so unselfish. We've been playing, playing with each other for I don't know how long, but, yeah, it was fun. And it's been uh, – <laughs> Coming full circle, yeah, it's been it's been a it's been fun growing up in a basketball household. Definitely. Just so I remember, did Jens graduate in two thousand twelve or thirteen? Um, thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. Because I started with the local paper here in August of eleven, and I knew I got to see at least one year of Jens, and I was at his final regional game. And you're definitely right. He had to do a lot. Not that they didn't have any other players, but nowhere near the caliber that your team had where you guys had, like, five players that were all on our big board when we were trying to decide who players of the year and all area teammates were. Yeah, it was nothing like that for him. Yeah, that's that's for sure. I remember it, things got contentious, I think, with the, the paper and Trevaney with the rankings and everything. But, yeah... 
Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely, because I had to do the coach of the year story, which was Trevaney. And Trevaney, <laughs> me and him are friends. Yep. Good friends, good friends. So I'm not throwing any shade to him whatsoever. I respect him, always will respect him as a basketball man, as a person. But he was like, yeah. I don't really want to do this story because you guys didn't want to name uh, I don't remember which one of it one of you was. It might have been like two or three names that he threw out, but he was like, hey, uh, you guys don't want to name player of the year, one of my guys, so you know what? I don't want to do this story. And it was like, really? <laughs> he was like, no, I don't want to be coach of the year if my guys can't be player of the year. Yeah, and I mean, you got to get behind that as a player. You know, your, your coach just sticking up for you, you know. I think I think the big thing, he wanted, you know, Tubbs on the first team as well, and one of probably Brady to get player of the year that's what that would have been my vote he told us that and we were we we're shocked he's like like I uh declined you know coach of the year because you know they wouldn't give blah 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 and I'm like wow I was like all right I mean like thank you <laughs> but you didn't have to do that <laughs> but right but yeah you gotta respect it you know just stand up for his for his guys even as a writer I I was kind of both ways I was like this is crazy. Why is he doing this? And then on the yeah. other side, it's like, okay, I get it too. I mean, he's standing up for his team and thought that they should have got more accolades than they did. I mean, we pretty much put you guys all across all area team, but in our defense, there was a lot of talented players that we felt if they were on similar situations and stuff could have done similar numbers, same things. So it was that was a really, really rough year. I remember being in that meeting and we're like, man, what do we do here? Yeah, I mean that's that's tough. Like, I wouldn't want to be in that situation. I'm glad I was just playing. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that just shows the level of basketball around here. At least at that point, I think it's taken a couple steps down as other sports have kind of moved up the ranks with baseball and soccer being hotbeds now. Basketball's kind of stepped down a little bit. But at that moment in time there was so many good teams so many people going long playoff runs going to sectionals and man it was it was really awesome yeah it was definitely a fun time for basketball in the area you know, I'll have you know kids in high school now coming up to me and you know talk to me and be like oh, I remember watching you when I was in seventh eighth grade and I'm like all right first off quit making me feel that old <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm like hey I'm, you know I'm glad you enjoyed it um appreciate it. I mean, that was such a fun time, you know. I'll talk with the guys about that every now and then, you know. Just like, just selling out Silette and just how much fun it was. Just having so many fans there, just just watching, coming to see us play, which is just crazy to think about, but yeah, it was definitely a fun senior year. Definitely. A couple of random questions before we play a game, I'll let you go. We were kind of on a time crunch and kind of going over yeah, no worries. First, you were talking about size 13 shoe. How tall are you now? I'm sure you've grown a couple inches since the last time i seen you. Yeah, um, so I'm listed at 6'6". Six, six. I would say I'm probably not a solid 6'6". Six, six. And, and, you know, on the court of my shoes, I'm a, I'm a solid 6'6". Six, six. But flat foot, barefoot, um, definitely 6'5". But I say 6'6", six, six, people ask me. I'm never not in shoes, right, so... True, <laughs> true. And you know what, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, we like to round up, so we'll even throw you a 6'8 if you want. Hey, <laughs> funny, so my, before my senior year, my um, my assistant coach, he goes to me, he's like, hey, uh, text me over the summer, he's like, hey, I'm doing, you know, 
you know, stat and just updating our page, or whatever. He's like, how much of a stretch would it be to put you at six seven? I'm like, please don't. <laughs> like, I'm gonna step on the courts. Dudes are gonna see like six seven on there. You know, scout sheet for the game. And they'll be like, this dude is not six seven. <laughs> <laughs> like, just don't lie. Don't lie. Yeah, six six is. That's not lying. So yeah, perfect, perfect. We're all good. Have you been in any contact whatsoever with Dixon All Star Superstar? Who is now in the NBA, Isaiah Roby? Man, I uh, no, I don't think I've talked to him since. Shoot, probably. I think I might have talked to him freshman year of college, but yeah, it's been a while. He went big time, and he just you know he forgot about us. He forgot to beat him three times this senior year of high school, I guess. <laughs> that was so crazy. I was at I think <laughs> I think two of those three games, and I was definitely at the uh, Plano Christmas Classic game. Wow, uh, just I will, memories I will never forget. So I'm sure you won't either, being that you played in them. Yeah, that was that was bizarre. And literally, you know, we played them in our Christmas tournament. I think we won an OT. Obviously, or uh, Thanksgiving, we won an OT. The Christmas one, we won in triple overtime. I think it was midnight when that game finished. Yes, <laughs> literally, we started late, and our game started at like nine. It was. I'm surprised there was that many people there still. But, I mean, it's like, how can you leave? I stopped outside of Burger King in Plano so I could type the story, and I didn't get home until probably like 2.30, 3 o'clock. <laughs> I believe that. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah, that was – I mean, we're like, we're so excited, but, like, Thursday night the game, we're like, geez, what time is it? <laughs> <laughs> And, like, there was, you know, after the championship game, they announced, like, the, you know, the all-tournament team or whatever, and, like, half the dude, half the people around the team weren't even there. They're like, we're, no, we're not staying, sorry. But, yeah, and then, obviously, we uh, got our third one over him, and the uh, regional championship game was, didn't, no overtime, but it was, it was still a thriller. So that was a lot of fun. But, yeah, yeah I, haven't, I haven't talked to him sense but i mean he's he's doing great you know obviously he wasn't on the greatest thunder team last year you know but you know he's he was a starter in the nba last season that's that's wild and just his you know body transformation you know grown grew throughout college still a few more inches and then he just you know filled out so much and that's what i've i've gotten to do in this in this past year as well is just you know put on some muscle which has been Nice. The pictures you sent me to link with this podcast, so by the time everybody is listening to this, probably already saw them. You have gotten a lot bigger. I'm not saying you were a beanpole like Isaiah Roby was, because he was. He was just tall and really, really skinny. You were not skinny, skinny, but you weren't halfway near as big as you are now. That's fair to say. I was, I was a strong bean. That's all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, did our best uh fill out after probably after my sophomore year filled out a little bit more and then in my senior year and then this past year just being off I mean I've just really hit the weight room so that picture's you know a little dated still but we're uh yeah we've been putting in the work it's paying off good stuff my man good stuff I'm glad basketball's treated you well and you're not done by any means got a new opportunity I'm definitely pumped for you before I let you go we have to play a game on edge of your seat podcast with each and every single guest that includes you let's throw down on some hot potato all right let's do it it's a basketball guy I have to start off this way 
Michael Jordan, LeBron James. God, you didn't waste any time with that one, did you? <laughs> no, I, I right away, right away, I had to throw it out there. All right, um, my dad's a Laker fan. I grew up a Laker fan. Um, I'm a LeBron guy. Um, not, and that, that has I prefaced that with the Lakers, but it has nothing to do with him being on the Lakers now. I just I don't know. I think eras. I, you know, obviously Jordan's great, amazing. I just think uh, LeBron's a more complete player. There's a lot of categories that LeBron takes the cake. You know, Jordan better score. But I think just about everything else, LeBron's got it. Okay. The way I like to separate them is Michael Jordan, the better winner, better competitor. LeBron James, the better superior athlete. That's the way I like to break it down. That's fair. LeBron is a monster still. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's old. He's must be in year 19 or 20 or whatever. It's just incredible. Yeah, unfortunately, he's only a year older than me. So he graduated in 03, I graduated in 04. I'm 35, going to be 36, so he's going to be 37 or is 37. Yeah, and I'm sure you, you, can, you can attest to, you know, probably some of the things your body's telling you sometimes, but, and he's just, you know, still the best doing it. It's just incredible. Yeah, no doubt. You don't see anyone having longevity like that as an athlete, and... Yeah, it's just amazing. No, especially with how many finals he's been to, the long playoff runs almost every single year. What he's been able to do is insane. Yeah. All right, we already determined you're a basketball guy. What about the other sports, baseball or football? I'd have to go with football. Um, I get most into it. I have been researching the crap out of fantasy football the past week. (laughs) So that's a big reason why I'm into it. And, uh... Yeah, as a Cubs fan now, it's just a, it's a tough time right now. You know, I got my heart broken. Oh, got my heart man. Basically. So it's just been, that's been tough. But go, if I'm going to a game, oh, it's still, even that's tough. But yeah, uh, uh, base, or, uh, football over baseball. Although I never played football, I'm taking, I'm taking the big skin. Let's break down some fantasy football picks here because, I mean, it's that time. I've been getting the notifications. I set up keepers in my keeper leagues. It's like right now. Oh, yeah, it's here. At running back, Uh, are you going Christian McCaffrey or Delvin Cook? Both of them. Obviously, Christian out all last year. Delvin's had his injuries. I'm going CMC, though. He's just a monster. It's just a P- I play PPR. I don't know if you do, but he's just a PPR tank. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's getting you 25 at least. Definitely. I agree. I'm in like five leagues every year, so I got two PPRs. I got a dynasty. I got a keeper. I got all kinds of stuff. Oh, jeez. That's a lot to keep back of. <laughs> I'm a sports guy, man. I'm dedicated. I got to have stuff to talk about on a podcast, too, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I limited, I pared down my leagues just because I'm... <laughs> I'd be rooting for a player that I have that I'm playing against, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is the worst. <laughs> true, true. Just league to league, but, yeah, I'm, I definitely get into it. Let's go to quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. I think you're, you got to go Patty Mahomes. I think Josh Allen might regress a little this year. I think he's still going to be great. They added Manuel Sanders, too. The Bills did. So I think that's another veteran target that he's got. That'll be cool, but 
Patrick Mahomes is just unreal. You know, he's still so young, doing great things. Obviously, Josh Allen is too, but I don't think I'll uh, I want to eat how early you have to take either one of them. But yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes is the is uh, the way to go. Definitely. Let's go middle of the top tier. Well, this might be middle tier now, depending on how many quarterbacks you put in your tiers. Dak Prescott coming off a crazy injury. Or Aaron Rodgers. Got all the controversy around him. And he's old. He's 17, 18th season. You going the older Rodgers, Dak Prescott coming off an injury. Clearly, one thing that you don't know is that I am a Packers fan. Um, and, and the irony of it is my dad and my brother are Cowboys fans. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm always going to go with my guy, A-Rod. Although I, um, I think Dak Prescott has a good year. I mean, he's just... C.D. Lamb, I think he's going to pop off this year. And, you know, Amari's obviously great, too. I love the fact that we got Randall Cobb back, though, for the Packers, for Aaron Rodgers. But, yeah, I got to go with Rodgers. I mean, do I think he's going to go back-to-back with MVPs? No. Um, Packers do have a tough schedule this year, I will say that. Not making excuses. I'm just stating facts. But um, Hashtag facts. <laughs> but, yeah. Nothing but respect for Dak, though. I saw, I watched, like, a trivia show every week. They come out with a couple episodes a week. It's like a game show. And one of the stats was, who is the... First quarterback ever to have uh, 450 plus receiving yards in three games in a single season, and the answer was Dak last season. And I was like, I think he played four games, but I forgot like how well he was playing over that stretch. Though he literally had 450 plus in three of the four games. He was my quarterback last year, and I started off 7-0, and and the first four games was pretty much all Dak Prescott. He carried yeah. everything. He was a monster. Yeah. Zeke really took a hit with him going down, too, and I think uh, I'm high on Zeke. I've got my, my draft coming up next weekend, and I have the fourth pick, and I'm teetering on who I want to take. I don't want to give out anything, though, because if anyone you know, hears this, we'll see. But. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll hit you with this one, then I'll let you go. So, Keeper League. You get to keep two. Here's your three options. Antonio Gibson, Amari Cooper, wide receiver from Dallas you just mentioned, or Saquon Barkley, who was hurt last year, running back from the Giants. Those are your three. You keep two. I'm definitely keeping Antonio Gibson. High on him. I think he's going to have – I mean, he's – Young. I think you got to go Saquon, too. I, I I hate to double up on running back there, but, I mean, those are two, you know, late first, early second round picks. Um, I th- but I think those, those are two guys that will be around for a while and be some of the best doing it for a while. Amari, not that he's old, but he's on the back end of his career. The other two are on the front. So there's my logic in a keeper league for that. Perfect. I like logic. That works. <laughs> Christian Soderholm, always love talking to you. Appreciate you joining Edge of Your Seat podcast, sharing your awesome opportunity to go continue your basketball career in Malta, not Malta, Africa, an island above it. 
<laughs> technically Europe. I had no idea. You just gave me a geography lesson. I appreciate it. Thank you, my man, for talking with us. Hope everything goes just the way you wanted to. Hey, I appreciate it, Brandon. Had a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll try to we'll try to represent for the eight one five over there. Brandon LaChance with WAJK. We have made it to the quarterfinals of the Illinois high school postseason. Football is best at this moment. Starting to get cold. We're getting real football weather. And we have to talk to somebody about this that is going to live through it this weekend on Saturday, 3 p.m. at Elmhurst. We're talking about Princeton football coach Ryan Pearson. Ryan, you have a big, big week coming up. Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely exciting times. You know, any any time that, uh, you know, you get an opportunity to prepare for a quarterfinal football game, you know, that's, you know, that's that's why you put in all that time and, and hard work, you know, throughout the off season And, and uh, you know, we certainly have a, you know, a big challenge that, that awaits us, but at the same time, it's exciting. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're, we're preparing the best that we can to, to go over and, and compete as, as much as possible. And hopefully we can you know, make a few more plays than they do and come away with a win. Last weekend, you had the second round matchup against Prairie Central. Princeton wins 40 nothing. What is the difference between a home football game and now you're going to be on the road in Elmhurst again at 3 p.m. on Saturday? What's the difference here for you guys? Well, I mean, any time that, that you play at home, you know, it's, you, you, you kind of have that, uh, that, that comfort level. You know, you're some familiarity with your routine and, and uh, you know, you get an opportunity to, to play in front of your home crowd. And, and it just, you know, I think, uh, you know, our atmosphere, you know, here at Princeton, you know, for a playoff game is, is pretty electric and, um, you know, certainly did not disappoint. You know, on Saturday, I thought our crowd was was fantastic. You know, we had uh, we had the train horn rolling, and and you know, it was definitely exciting for our kids. But you know, going on the road, you know, definitely presents you know a few more challenges just because you're out of your routine a little bit. Uh, we do have a pretty long drive, you know, going up to Elmhurst, and but at the same time, it's you know, you, you can't play them all at home. You're going to have to go on the road sometime. And, and uh, you know, our kids are, are just excited for the opportunity to uh, kind of be the underdog going up on the road. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, some of the tension, you know, might be released a little bit because, um, you know, we don't have anything to lose. Coming into this game, Princeton, the two seed in this playoff bracket, Class 3A, Immaculate Conception, who the Tigers are going to play, six in the bracket, both have a 10-1 record. I mean, whether rankings say 2-6, and six, a 10-1 record, and you know they play tough competition, what is the Tigers' mind frame coming into this game? Well, we know what uh, you know what we're up against. I mean, we're, we're up against a very good football team. You know, Elmhurst IC plays in a, a very tough, you know, four A five A conference. Uh, you know, week in and week out, those guys are playing, you know, very very good competition. And so, you know, we know that they're battle tested. And uh, you know, at this point in time, you know, I don't really think seeds matter, you know, a whole lot because you're you're in the elite eight, you know, and you're there, you know, for a reason. You know, you've earned that right to be there, and you know, we we, we know the the challenges that that Elmhurst is going to present to us, and you know, we've tried to do the best that we can to to make sure that we have our kids prepared, and, and our kids have really had a great week of practice, you know, up to this point, staying focused and. And, uh, you know, locking in when we really needed him to lock in. And, you know, hopefully, uh, 
you know, we've done such a great job of coming out and executing the game plan in the first couple of weeks of the playoffs. You know, I don't, uh, you know, I don't expect anything less, you know, from our kids this Saturday. In the second round against Prairie Central, game kind of started off a little rocky, had an interception and a fumble, but the defense didn't let anything happen. Still win 40 nothing. The offense started clicking after those first two possessions. I mean, what are some things going into this game, the quarterfinals? They're like, hey, we have to polish up on this, and we have to make sure this is all clicking so we can you know, go to the state semifinal. Sure. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of the same old adage, you know. You're, it's whoever can, can focus on the little things and do those little things consistently, you know, I think gives you the best chance for success. You know, you can't go into a big game and, and turn the ball over, you know, like what we did the first two drives of the Prairie Central game. You know, you can't have silly penalties that, that put you in long down and distance situations. You know, special teams are always, a, you know, a, you know, a huge, uh, huge turning point, you know, or, you know, a, a really pivotal moment in a game. So those are the types of things that, that we've really tried to hit home with our kids, making sure that, you know, we continue to get three yards of play and 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 continue to move forward don't put ourselves in in long down and distance situations and you know obviously you, you, you just we just can't turn the ball over you know we're going to have to play as about a perfect game as we can and you know we've really tried to emphasize those things this week at practice and and uh, hopefully our our kids can come out and, and execute and and uh, you know as coaches we can put our kids in a, in a best possible situation for these guys to be successful quarterback tegan davis the junior has had a fantastic season for you guys, but it seemed like him and his wide receivers just kind of a little off against Prairie Central. What are some things that you guys are doing to try to make that gel so the passing offense can be dominant like it's been most of the year? Well, I just think that, uh, you know, we uh, we missed some, some pretty wide-open opportunities. You know, we had some different things devised and, and schemed up that – you know, we thought we were going to get one-on-one coverage and, and uh, you know, periodically we're going to take our shots throughout the football game, you know, when we feel that that moment is right. And, you know, when we called those shot plays last week, you know, I, I don't know if Tegan was just a little amped up, but, you know, we had wide open guys, you know, right down the middle of the field and, and uh, he just he just overthrew him, you know, and that's something that we've addressed, you know, this week, just putting a little bit more touch on the ball instead of trying to, you know, throw those level two balls, you know, on those deep balls, you know, let's, let's hit those level threes and, and give our guy an opportunity to make that catch. And, you know, those are just the little things that, that we have to keep hammering home. And, you know, Tegan's a, a very heady individual and he's a competitor, you know, so he wants to win, you know, just as badly as anybody else. And so, you know, he's going to take those things to heart and, and really try to work on them. And, you know, and up to, up to this point, you know, through our week of practice, you know, I think that we've done a great job with that. And you still couldn't be too mad at him. He had three touchdowns, over 200 yards, and had an interception on defense. So he made up for it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Tegan's been a, a big play guy, you know, for us all year. You know, he's a thousand yard rusher. Uh, you know, I don't know exactly. I think he's close to a 1700 yard passer, uh, you know, give or take, you know, 20, 25 yards. And bottom line, he's just a competitor. And, you know, he wants to do well all the time, you know, not some of the time, you know, or when it's convenient for him. You know, he wants to come out and, 
and, and really be successful, you know, 100% of the time. And that, you know, that just shows a little bit about Tegan's character, you know. And, yes, he had a fantastic game, you know, had some great reads for us running the football. You know, he made some really nice throws. And, and uh, you know, it's just – you know, instead of, you know, being 80% or 85%, you know, Tegan wants to be 100%. And that's just the, the competitive nature that, that he has inside. So, you know, I think that, uh, you know, certainly he did not have a bad game, you know, by any means. But, you know, we strive for perfection. And, uh, you know, if you don't strive for perfection, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not sure really, you know, why you do what you do. So we're, we're going to continue to keep striving for it. And, and uh, you know, hopefully we can put together our, our best game offensively, our best game defensively and, and special teams. And if we can collectively do all three, you know, we feel that, you know, that's going to give us a, a puncher's chance, you know, in that fourth quarter. Well, you know, us at WAJK. We're looking for as close to perfection from the Tigers as possible and hope to see you in the final four, the semifinals of the IHSA tournament. But got to get through Immaculate Conception first. So best of luck to the Tigers.